Good afternoon and welcome to Faith FM and our afternoon show, Looking Up, with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Milenkov. It's great to be back with you once again, where we take a look at what's happening in the world, what does the Bible say about the end times, and is there any connection? And uh, if you would like to uh, check out some of the other programs that we have done, maybe this is the first time you have tuned in to Faith FM for the afternoon show looking up. And if you are, well, we would like to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. But uh, you can check out other episodes uh, in this series um, if you go to the website faithfm.com.au. Podcast, go to the podcast tab, and there you should find Looking Up, and uh, you'll be able to check out some of the previous programs. Also, if you have a comment or question about anything we've talked about in the uh, previous episodes or this afternoon, we're going to be talking about the third angel's message today. Um, we're not going to cover it in one go, Danny. There's too much material oh, there, but we're going to make much, a beginning. Much, we're going to make yeah. a beginning. And um, if you've got any questions or comments to make about that, please give us a call, 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. You can also text on 0491-064-669. That's 0491 064669. How you been doing, Daddy? I've been praising the Lord, Peter. It's a, a wonderful day to be alive and well here in um, Newcastle. The sun is shining, just a, a glorious day. And to be able to open up the Word and to share it with our listeners, there's nothing better. Mm. Nothing better. You say that just about every week. And yeah, that's I not do. A criti- <laughs> that's not a criticism, but we could have replayed last week's. <laughs> but that's a good thing. So you give, that's what I like about Danny. Always positive, always upbeat. And, Always um, praising the Lord. You know, you would almost imagine that there's a divine influence in his life, <laughs> um, which of course there is. And so we're grateful to have you on the show, Danny. So we are, um, yeah, uh, maybe, Danny, do you want to talk a little bit about where we've been as a program uh, just before we go to our first music break? Um, for those who may be tuning in for the first time, what have we been talking about? Sure. And uh, yeah, I too just want to give a big warm welcome to those who are tuning in for the first time or if you've joined us recently. We have been looking at uh, the current world events, in particular COVID and, yeah. uh, and everything associated with that and how that relates to Bible prophecy. What does the Bible have to say? So yeah. we started off by taking a look at the words of Jesus and what Jesus had to say about uh, the way the world would be before he returns, and then we've moved into Daniel and Revelation, and that's where we are. And currently, we are in God's final the message of love. The heart of the book of Revelation. God's final message of love to the world, which is in Revelation 14, which is where we're continuing on today. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to get stuck into that. Um, before we do, though, we're going to listen to some music. We've got Jeff Morris, Reach Out to Jesus. Sounds like a good idea. In his love will hide all 
life you're living filled with sorrow and despair does the future press you with its worry and its care are you tired and friendless have you almost lost your way Jesus will help you just come to him today he is always there hearing every breath faithful and true walking by a side in his love will hide all the day through when you get discouraged just remember what to do reach out to Jesus reach out to Jesus reach out to Jesus he's reaching out to you all right you were listening to Jeff Morris a reach out to Jesus we hope you enjoyed that uh, piece of music you are listening to Faith FM you're listening to looking up the afternoon show with me Peter Watson my good friend and co-host Danny Milenkov, but not for too long, Danny. Oh, have mercy. It's all coming to an end. Why? Are you leaving? No, I'm not, but I, a little bird tells me that you've had enough of me, and no. I take offence. I take I would great have, offence. Yeah, well, I would take offence to that, Danny, because you know, <laughs> no. you just know that that's no. not true. But no. we did mention last we week did. We did. that this week would be uh, my last show Yeah, that's for a little while. That's very sad. We've, we've hung out. In the trenches for for some time, and now we are going our separate. This is a bit like Abraham and Lot. You're you're heading towards <laughs> Sodom, which is Tasmania, and I'm staying there on the plains in I the high that, country. I think that's an insult, and uh, <laughs> I'll be telling all of my friends in Tas about that. So no, frankly. just kidding. But uh, yeah, so Peter, Peter, and I, we actually, I'm not sure if our listeners know if we've mentioned that, but we have two churches that are literally side by side. You could say, yeah, that's um, right. We literally are down the road. Yeah, so we're like five minutes away from each other. You're looking after uh, the main church, if you want to call it that, in the Kurumbong area. They're in Lake Macquarie, and I'm looking after a little church called Hillview. Just a beautiful the, little church. A beautiful church full of beautiful people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really blessed to be there. And now, yeah, you're heading to Tassie. So, yeah, do you want to tell us what will you be doing in Tassie? Okay, yeah, so I received a, a request back in July as to whether I would be willing to transfer down to Tasmania and um, certainly pastor a couple of churches down there, but also to look at planning um, outreach programs for that state. So um, my passion, as you know, Danny, and that's one of the reasons we do the radio show, mm. is to tell people the good yeah, news absolutely. about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the everlasting gospel. Who is Jesus? Why does it matter? What does he mean to you? Who are we as human beings? Uh, what is our relationship to God? Why are we in such trouble? And what is God doing about it? Mm. All of those things. And, um, you know, I just love sharing. I, I, I remind people on the radio that I used to be an atheist and I didn't know any of the things that we've been talking about on this program. And God has changed my life in immeasurable ways for the better. And so because of that, I want other people to know. I often sometimes um, will we'll, uh, talk about this um, when I'm sharing messages with my church and say that, you know, when somebody gets cancer and they begin having treatment and then the treatment is successful and they're told they're in remission and they've got over the cancer, 
that they had. They want to tell everybody mm, about it. Absolutely. And they want to tell other people who've got cancer. And they want to fundraise. And they want, you know what I mean? It's mm. like they, they want everybody to get treatment. Mm. Um, well, we all, the Bible tells us, we all have a problem called sin. Yes. And it's got a rather uh, insidious symptom, which is death. Now, death is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. Sin mm. is the problem. Death is a symptom. That's right. But God not only can deal with the symptoms, he can deal with the prob- main problem as well. And mm. so uh, that is the good news, that death is not the end, that this world with all its troubles uh, is not the final destination. God has a better plan in mind. And um, so, yeah, we've uh, been sharing that message here in North New South Wales, and um, and now I'm heading to Tasmania to help others uh, to share that a little more over there. Well, it's probably very appropriate that you go. You know, you're, you're one of the main speakers here on looking up and Tasmania being at the bottom of Australia, you can encourage them to look up. <laughs> Just well, that's kidding. not exactly what's <laughs> intended there, Danny. Oh, yeah, we want to look a little further afield than that. No, but I think... Uh, if this is your highest aspiration, <laughs> then that's pretty low. No, so look, people, people need to hear the good news of the gospel. Everywhere. And as I've said it to my church family many a time, when I've had to move from one church to the other, I've said, look, the Bible says we're pilgrims. Mm. We're all pilgrims. This is not our home. Yep. We are all pilgrims on a journey to our everlasting home, which is the new Jerusalem and ultimately the new earth yeah. that God will create. So, yeah, look, I, I just want to thank you, Peter. Uh, you've been a, a great mate and you will continue to be a great mate. It's good to have someone who's on the same page with me. No one's really on the same page with me. Not even my wife is Hard on the same page Hard to imagine that one, Dan. Yeah, I know. So... And like we were married on the same day, but not to, you and I. No, no, no. But to different individuals, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we were married on the same day know, in the same about, year, about the same hour, about the almost, same hour, which is a bit bizarre, you quite know, frankly. You know, and we kind of slept in a hotel room um, in separate beds when we were in the Middle East and travelled, and so we spent a lot of time. We together. did. We, we we sat on a bus together for about six weeks or something. Mm, and, yeah, uh, so we've done that twice actually. We have. I forgot about that. We so two we mates for about ten years, and that's been a blast. But what we will be doing, maybe we. Could just plug it out there mm. we are planning on doing a, a weekly kind of zoom session um just talking about current events bible prophecy yeah uh and i guess yeah we'll be able to upload that and i'll be able to share with our listeners in the coming sure. weeks how to find as that to, as to how to find that so yeah so That'd people cool. so if you're like this is of, not the end this is not the end so if you've got your hanky and you've got your <laughs> tissues working <laughs> overtime just um yeah i got mine over here <laughs> There, there may be an opportunity for you to be able to connect with us and, um, and hopefully, yeah, continue on your spiritual journey. But, um, well, I was Peter, just going to say one to thing in, in regards to, to, to that and that, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, Abraham, when he was called from Ur of the Chaldees, mm. he was called in the area of what we would call Babylon or the area of Babylon. That's right. And he was called from Babylon into the Promised Land and he was heading there and it says, the Bible says he did not know where, to a place where he did not know. Mm. And uh, right now I don't have, a, I don't know where I'm going to be living. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. But I've always regarded, Danny, um, this, this uh, journey of Christianity that I embarked upon some 27 years ago, it's it's been a great adventure, you know. The notion and the notion I had about Christianity before before becoming a Christian was, I thought, you know, Christians are just uh, sleepy old people who sit in old cold rooms listening to hymns and and falling asleep. That that was my image of Christianity. Sounds uh, like Memorial Church. <laughs> no, sorry, just steady, <laughs> steady, daddy. Um, and that was my sort of image. And I suppose as a young person, that was my image of Christianity. But yeah. 
what I've the reality I found is far far from it. I've had a, an absolute um, amazing time. It's been mm. the most amazing venture of my life, walking with Jesus and following Him around and doing mm. what He wants me to do, and and that just continues. And so, and that's part of the adventure for me. So. Sad to be leaving New South Wales, glad to be heading towards uh, Tasmania, and um, no doubt we will all keep in touch. Now, are you telling me that you're going to be sitting here or on your lonesome lonesome? They will have to listen to me every Wednesday afternoon with any Well, let's wrap up the show now. (laughs) We might as well quit right now. No, the, the good news is, Uh, The bad news is, the sad news is that that Peter is leaving and it's always sad when someone does leave. But the good news is um, we have a new person coming in and we did, I think, mention her. Yeah, definitely. Um, An improvement on both of us. If we could only have you two, need all the help you can if get. we could only have two new uh, individuals, <laughs> uh, things really will be looking up. Then they really will be looking up. Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll do it in small steps. <laughs> so we have Sharissa, and I think we mentioned uh, last week, uh, Sharissa Tarosian. She will be stepping in. She's a friend of mine. Yeah, she's a friend of mine too, and I'm just so glad that she is willing, and she is with us here in the studio today. So we're going to hear from her and get to know her a little bit in the next number of minutes. So, are we going to are we going to throw to her or not? <laughs> I am. <laughs> this is a big intro. Here we go. Sharissa, welcome to Faith FM. Looking up. Thank you so much. It's been a, a real um, fun time just sitting here listening to you two. <laughs> <laughs> have you got second thoughts about joining us? <laughs> I, I recognise I have very big shoes to fill. <laughs> I won't go that fast, Sharissa. Why? So, what interests you about doing a radio show like this? I think what's most interesting to me is the Bible study. I love studying the Bible. I don't profess mm. to know everything about it, but I like join having, the club. Yeah, I like having questions pitched at me so that I can learn things and study and go deeper and strengthen my faith. Yeah. Mm. Good on you. Well, I have no doubt that uh, the listeners will be blessed as they. Here, you, Sharissa, joining the crew, and uh, Danny's staying on, of course. And we have, uh, I've got to tell you, there's a, a young man called Liam across the, the, the table from, from me here. He's yeah, our producer. Let's not, let's not forget he, about Liam. He does such a great job. He's one of the unsung heroes of this show, actually probably the mm. unsung hero. So thanks, Liam, for all you're doing. Well, without him, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Mm. He kind of keeps things on track. and He sure. does. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, and you can feel free to chip in here, Sharissa, uh, news for this week. Anything in the news? I mean, I can tell you what I've been doing well, personally, which is packing boxes, basically, well, is what I've been doing. What, what I would like to do is, you know, obviously in the news, front and centre pretty much every night is the United States. Mm. You know, the election's mm. coming up and that's, and that's been front and centre. Mm. Now, Sharissa, you have a very keen interest on Bible prophecy, in particular, in the last little while, I know that you have been doing some uh, deep research into the United States' role in Bible prophecy, and we've looked at that in the past, we and have. we're going to revisit that. Particularly next week, I think, when you next and week, talk about yeah, so, it, we're going to get so into that. Charissa, Charissa's a bit of an expert, I would say, um, <laughs> in a humble way, in this space, in that she's done a lot of research um, for the purpose of producing a very important seminar, online seminar. So, Sharissa, do you want to tell us about this online seminar 
that is yeah. going to be airing very soon. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, because everybody's watching the news and watching American politics right now, the world's got um, the attention there. We have developed a series. It's called America and the End. It's starting on the 27th of October, which is next Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. And uh, yeah, it's a nine-part series, and it's taking a look at America's role in um, history, but also how that plays into Bible prophecy. And I think you'll be surprised. I know a lot of people that I've been speaking to about this series are very surprised to understand or to know, to learn, that the Bible actually says a lot about America Mm. at the end of time. So this is a very relevant series, and I'd, I'd encourage you to look it up and join. You can view it for free on theend.digital, that's the website, theend.digital, and by all means share it with your friends. I think you will appreciate the journey. Mm. And I understand, Sharissa, after each 30-minute uh, presentation, there's going to be 30 minutes of Q&A, is that right? Yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked, uh, brought that up because, yes, there is a 30-minute section of live question and answer after each presentation. Cool. So, yeah, tune in and don't miss it and save your questions. I'm going to be tuning into that, I oh, think. Oh, I can't wait. I, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as I heard about the program... Yeah, yeah. I've been just so excited. I wanted to get on the program. <laughs> yeah, no, well, there's, there's good reasons why Peter and I were not invited to, to host this series. They really wanted this series to go well, <laughs> especially with the Q&A. They were not really quite sure how we would handle a Q&A. Yeah, on a serious note, though, I mean, I remember when, um, you know, Bible prophecy is an amazing thing. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why we take the Bible seriously. It's one of the reasons, you know, here is an ancient book that was completed about 2,000 years ago. You know, began about 3,500 years ago, completed about 2,000 years ago. Uh, And yet, why is it the best-selling book? Why is it that, you know, you have it in lots of hotels and motels? And why is it that, I think the 5 billion copies have been produced in the the history of the world. It's by far and away the most popular book. Well, it's the best-selling book every year. Mm Best-selling book every year, best-selling book of all time, right? Why is that? And one of the reasons is it's it's reliability. It has stood the test of time. Mm. And one of the the areas that we look at in regard to that is that you know there are there is historical evidence there is um, uh, you know scientific evidence in the sense that you know the, the the creation aspects of the Bible are borne out by what we see and observe in the natural world, um, and then of course there's a prophetic evidence and you know when we talk about the prophetic evidence there are so many prophecies in the Bible and then when we talk about Revelation and we're talking about the United States when I first heard of that. I thought, well, that can't be right. How you going? You know, how can you get America? In the <laughs> it's a two thousand year old book. America's such a young nation. Mm. Uh, we've already looked at that somewhat in mm. this um, radio show, and of course, we're going to uh, be very fascinated to see what is shared in America and the End on Tuesday night. So, uh, so make that's sure Tuesday you, week. Tuesday yeah, week, we, we'll the 27th. plug that. We'll plug that again before the end of this radio show. So don't worry if you didn't quite get that, but. When you're listening to this radio show, it's always handy to have a pen and paper handy because uh, we'll, we'll have some more details that you can jot down. But people will be fascinated to hear about that. And Charissa being on the show, the mm. radio show next week, absolutely, you'll definitely be diving into that because today we're going to be talking about the third angel's message, mm. 
we are going to look at, uh, we've already looked at these things, but then it brings them all together in that mm. final angel. You've got the beast, you've got the image of the beast, you've got the mark of the beast. What do these things mean? And you've then the contra- commandments of God, the yeah. faith of Jesus. Then you've got that. contrasted against that, those who have the faith mm. of Jesus and keep the commandments of God. So that's going to be a fascinating discussion today. We hope people will tune in. Call your friends, get them to tune in too, and uh, we're going to have a fascinating discussion. Uh, discussion today. So we're going to take uh, some more music. We're going to have some news. Um, This is the idea of North and the song is Revelation. Revelation is here. I'm so glad this revelation is here. Oh, 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 oh. 
about this revelation. I'm so glad, oh so glad. Don't you know that, know that revelation is here? I'm so glad. I got this revelation. I'm so glad, oh so glad. Don't you know that, know that revelation is. Revelation is Revelation is here Hello and welcome back to Faith FM, the afternoon show Looking Up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Milenkov. And Danny, what's uh, caught your eye in the news this week? Well, once again, there's been uh, a lot of things taking place in the news. I guess the one thing that's probably caught my attention more than anything else that's been taking place that people would be aware of is the huge increase in COVID cases in Europe right. as they go through their second wave. I was going to say it's been a real roller coaster. It's been more than double in some countries, yeah. even triple compared mm. to the, the, the first wave that came through. And I'm just looking at a graph right now. Uh, from about yeah July onwards, uh, July, August, September, and into October, yeah, the numbers are really going through the roof. So there's a big concern. And I know in your part of the world where you were born, mm. uh, there are lockdowns going back into place. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's right. I mean, my mum. Uh, I talked to my mother in the UK, and um, I speak with her pretty much every Friday night. My brother's there as well, and. Um, Thank, thank uh, the Lord for face-to-face communication and uh, we get to talk to each other. But, um, yeah, I, I think she's – my mum is a very cheerful, positive kind of person, um, but she's getting a little bit frustrated with not being able to go out as out of the house mm. as much as she would like. And, uh, of course, my mum's in her 80s, so she would be in the vulnerable age group, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, frustrating to see these numbers going back up, and that—that's the challenge, I think, uh, Danny. We, you know, recently, of course, we had the budget, and uh, a big spending budget from the Australian government, and you know, they're basing that on the hope that a vaccine will soon come. Mm. And uh, the question is, financially, how how long can we keep spending the big dollars? Uh, when the economy's not recovering as fast as we would like. Yeah, this tightrope that our politicians keep speaking of, that we are walking, um, you know, this tightrope, one one end looking to preserve the economy, keep the economy afloat and people's businesses and people's jobs, and you can throw in there, you know, people's mental health, that's mm-hmm. all associated with that, as, and then the physical health. Um, protecting people's physical health. So do you protect people's jobs or do you protect people's health? And so we've got this dilemma and it's interesting. We've mentioned this a number of uh, times that Jesus talked about this kind of scenario in the last days where men's hearts would fail them from fear. There would be uh, great confusion. There would be, there would be a lot of um, anxiety. As to, as to which way to turn and do you turn in this direction? Do you turn in that direction? What road do you take? Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's like you're in between a it's rock and a hard e- place. It's not an easy situation. Be- I mean, just, just to give you a comparison, Peter, uh, in France, 
During the peak of COVID back in March, uh, the highest number of daily cases was seven and a half thousand. That was back in March 31, mm-hmm. so at the end of March. And uh, just this past Sunday, they had 26,000 cases right. um, in one day. So that's, wow. that's, that's, that's more than tripled. Mm. And so what do you do? Do you keep the economy yeah. closed? Do you close it up again? You know, it's, it's a tough one. So Yeah, so, you know, as we mentioned before, I'm planning to move to Tasmania mm. in uh, the next couple of weeks, uh, actually. And so they are talking about easing of restrictions uh, where Tasmania is going to recognise New South Wales as a safe state hopefully from early November, and um, hopefully that will um, be an easier passage into Tasmania. But also I noticed today, that Danny, they've got um, some more easing of restrictions here in New South Wales. Mm. Yeah, we're going the other way, which yeah, is good. We, we, it is. And, um, you know, the hope is, of course, while ever this virus circulating, mm. you never know when no, the, the next little outbreak is going to occur. So we have to be, uh, you know, vigilant and so forth. But, um, yeah, they were talking about... Uh, from this Friday, um, that um, yeah, uh, restrictions will ease on gymnasiums and on places of worship, and so uh, that's a good thing. And they're talking about uh, the limit on re- places of worship was 100, and it's going to be lifted to 300, according to the ABC website news website I'm reading from, um, subject to the four square meter rule, of course. But uh, you, uh, New South Wales Treasurer Dominic Perrottet. Uh, said these changes would have economic benefits and return more of society to the way it operated pre-COVID. Notice what he says here. This is a great announcement for the body and the soul, because he's talking about gyms and places of worship. (laughs) This is a great announcement for the body and the soul, Mr. Perrottet said. So whatever you worship, there's something in this one for you. Wow, look at that, eh? Yeah, which is quite a – it's a nice segue into what we're going to talk Mm. about today, uh, which – has a lot to do with places of worship. Indeed. And more than places of worship, uh, it's the object of worship. Who do people worship? And we've talked about that a little bit before, um, but maybe we'll go to the scripture and start uh, talking about the third angel's message. We've been talking about the three angel's messages of Revelation 14. Um, We are now up to the third angel's message, which begins in Revelation 14, verse 9 and continues on through verse 12. And um, maybe, Danny, I might get you to read that when you sure. get there. Love to. But um, we, you know, we have said, and uh, I think there's really good reason to believe it, uh, that these three angels' messages are the last warning messages of planet Earth, are clearly there to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Clearly they're uh, called out with a loud voice, a megaphone, as we've talked about before, Um, We find that in verse 14, then I looked and I beheld a white cloud and on the cloud one uh, sat one like the son of man, having in his head a golden crown and his hand a sharp sickle. And he has a sharp sickle because as you read through the rest of that chapter, he comes to reap a harvest. He comes to reap the earth. And uh, this is symbolic of the second coming. Jesus talked about the harvest in his parables when he was here 2000 years ago on earth. And uh, so here we have these three angels' messages going to all the world. Then we have an image of the Son of Man coming with a sickle in his hand to reap the earth. 
this is an end time message. It's it's not something that's talking about something that happened two thousand years ago. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that as we get into maybe some questions a little later in the day. But uh, Danny, why don't you read through Revelation 14, 9 through 12. And before you do that, I just want to say this much. What we're going to read in the third angel's message is perhaps the most severe warning given anywhere in the Bible. Right? These are not... uh, soft pampering words these are stark words and uh, we'll get you to read those out in a moment but it sort of makes me when I look at this uh, you know why is God so uh, severe in his language right why is it so serious in the language that he uses here in this passage and it is because where there is great danger there needs to be a great warning Mm, absolutely and what it always brings to mind for me, and I've shared this in other messages visually too, many people are thinking about the fire season that's ahead of us because we had such a devastating fire season last summer. And people are thinking about the fire season that's just ahead of us. And many will be looking at those fire danger warning signs that they see on the side of the road as they drive into a particular area. And it'll have you know, moderate, uh, extreme, severe, or whatever it has. And then at the end, it's got catastrophic. And I've been in places where that arrow has pointed to catastrophic. Last Just last summer, when there were some, you know, 40-odd degree days, very dry conditions, high winds, you know, really catastrophic fire danger conditions. And the point is, catastrophic is a strong word. You know, you don't use that word all the time. And uh, catastrophic is a strong word, and it's used because it's supposed to uh, help people to understand the seriousness of the danger. When they're using a strong word like that in the warning, it's because there's a strong level of danger. And so as we read this third angel's message, we want to recognize that this message is given at a time when the danger is the greatest. So why don't you read for us, Danny, uh, Revelation 14, verses 9 through 12. Okay, thank you, Peter. And um, before I read, I'll just have a a prayer for us Mm. to to begin. Father in heaven, we're about to open up your holy word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and lead as we seek understanding from above of the things we're about to read and hear and seek to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right, Revelation 14, verses 9 to 12. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, and you spoke about that that warning message and the word there, loud voice, uh, the Greek words megalephone, mm-hmm. megalephone, megaphone. So this is a megaphone voice. Yeah. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. All right. Thank you, Danny. And so... 
What you have here in this third angel's message to begin with, it's, it's obviously a severe warning against worshipping the beast, his image, and receiving the mark. Okay, and so we're going to talk a little bit about those things today. We've talked about some of those things before, but now we're talking about them in the context of this final warning message that's given in Revelation 14. And if we sort of backtrack a little bit to the two previous angels, when we talk about a third angel's message, it means there's two previous ones, Mm -hmm. which we've covered in the previous programs. But the first angel's message really speaks about the pure gospel. It's the everlasting gospel. It's talking about fear God and give glory to him. It goes to all the world. The hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heavens of the earth and so forth. So it's talking, it's, it's positive injunctions to do things, to fear God, to give glory to him. It talks about a time period. Uh, it talks about worshipping God. Okay, so they're all positive uh, commands to, to worship and God. We've and we've dealt with each and every one of those we've, aspects. We have. So the first angel's message speaks about the pure gospel. The second angel's message warns about the false gospel. We talked about that last week, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. In fact, the last couple of weeks we talked about that and what that was about. And then the third angel's message helps us identify the difference between them. And um, you have a very nice, succinct, six-word summary of the three angels' Mm. messages. So uh, why don't you share that with us, Danny? Sure. Well, the Lord... um brought this to my attention as I was thinking about these three messages. And uh, yeah, the first message can be summarized in two words, God's truth. Mm -hmm. The second angel's message, which focuses on Babylon, which we have unpacked in the past, and there's actually a question on that Mm -hmm. that we can can explore a little later from one of our listeners. Uh, The second angel's message, basically in two words, Satan's lies. So we've got God's truth. Satan's lies and the third angel's message that we're going to begin mm. unpacking today is your choice. Right. So God's truth, Satan's lies, God exposes Satan's lies yep. after he gives us his truth and he says it's your choice. Yep. So which one will you choose? Will you choose uh, to be part of Satan's lies or will you choose to respond to God's truth? It's your choice. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, when we look at the book of Revelation, particularly chapter 13, and we'll go back into there again, I'm sure, today, where it talks about all the world mm. uh, wondered after the beast, and they worship the beast, and they worship the dragon. Now, this is a global uh, experience. This is not um, just a handful of people. So we're talking about deception on a global scale. Mm. And so it's very important for people to understand uh you know what this is talking about if we think if we go back to uh the story of noah's flood in the bible that was a worldwide message of warning Mm -hmm. that was given most people didn't believe it most people were convinced that staying on dry land was going to be the best place for them getting on that boat was not a good idea and they mocked noah Mm. Uh, and of course then we have the history Um, But when you consider only eight people got on that boat, we don't know how many people were outside the boat. Uh, Probably millions at that point when you look at the, uh, you know, population growth and so forth. So, you know, this is uh, something that we really need to, to take notice of. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back in a moment. We're going to... um,
Listen to the Lesser Light Collective, Who's This Girl? Stay faithful 
girl, she's the true church, the remnant. They give their lives. They keep all of God's commandments. They hold the words of Christ. You have been listening to the Lesser Light Collective and Who's This Girl? And so uh, welcome back to Faith FM, the afternoon show looking up with me, Peter Watson, my good friend and co-host, Danny Malenkov. And uh, we are going to be looking at the third angel's message. And we've just been sort of setting this up. Um, Before we do, uh, let me once again share with you how you can get in touch with us. If you want to call in with a, a question or a comment, we've certainly had a couple of those already today. But um, you can call 1-800-324-843. I better slow that down a little bit. Uh, Call 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. So before we jump into the third angel's message, we talked last week, Danny, and the week before quite extensively about um, Babylon and the fall of Babylon. And how the uh, writer of Revelation is picking up on words and language from the fall of ancient Babylon and then applying them to spiritual Babylon. Now, we've had a... a, a, At the uh, end of time. At the end of time. Now, a friend has uh, uh, sent in a message. Uh, We just want to say thank you for sending in your message. This is from Mick. And... um, Mick writes, he says, if Babylon was the Roman Catholic Church and the beast is the government, just when and where does the government hate the Catholic Church and bring her to ruin? Uh, let's just pause there and we'll unpack a few of those things. Certainly the Church of Rome is mentioned in Bible prophecy, and in fact, it would make sense that it would. Either, either the Bible talks about things in the future, things that we talk about as prophecy, or it only talks about history, things in the past. But clearly, the Bible tells us that it's telling us things about the future as, as well. And um, here it says, if, the, if, the, if Babylon was the Roman Catholic Church and, and the beast is the government. So first of all, we don't say that Babylon is Rome alone. Okay, we, 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 the, the Bible clearly says that Babylon is this woman that you find in Revelation 17. And she's described as Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. In other words, there are um, multiple uh, daughters from this this power uh, that also are involved. So we're talking about, and a woman in the Bible represents a church, and then you have the beast being the government. That's not us saying that. That is Daniel chapter 7 telling us that a beast represents a kingdom, a nation, or a political power. And when we talk about uh, the beast of Revelation 17, with its seven heads and ten uh, horns and so forth, it says the the uh, the seven heads are also seven kingdoms. It says there, and we recognise that it's not as as much as it's not the government, but it's the governments of the world who will unite with the woman uh, at the end. Now, 
This, this is not happening yet. But notice what it says. Would you, have you turned to Revelation 17 there, Danny? Mm-hmm. I've got it. Do you want to pick it up and tell us where you're at? Uh, Revelation 17, we're speaking of Babylon, um, verse 12 yeah. and 13. It says, The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. Now, that's a very critical and important point, that one hour. Mm, yeah. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. All right. So they receive authority with the beast for one hour. Verse 13, these are of one mind, that is these ten kings, and ten in the Bible in prophecy is, um, a, universal. is, is a universal number. So this is talking about worldwide. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about all the nations of the world, okay, all the kingdoms of the world. They, they are included in this ten. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Mm-hmm. And so what we have here, Peter, is that uh, this system called Babylon is a union between church between state, church and state. Religion and so the politics. religions of the world join together with the political powers of the world in order to bring about in order to bring about peace and harmony and unity at the end of time. But will enforce religious. But will enforce practice re- exactly religious practice uh, right around the world. So we, we we pick that up in the third angel's message. Now it's very interesting because it speaks here of one hour, mm. and in Revelation eighteen. Uh, this uh, this system ruling with the with the nations of the world, okay, church and state together will rule for one hour, and this is speaking of uh, a very short space of time. So, prophetically speaking, one hour is speaking for a very short in a very short space of time. When Jesus talked about one hour, he told his disciples when they fell asleep, "Could you not watch one hour?" Yeah. He wasn't talking literally sixty minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, this is talking about a short uh, period of time, and in Revelation eighteen. On three occasions, in verse 10, and uh, in verse, where are we here, verse 17, mm-hmm. and then finally in verse 19, it speaks of this system called Babylon being desolate, being destroyed at the end of time, and both the religious and the political powers at the end of time, which is Babylon, will come to ruin, will, will, will come to an end. And in chapter 19, we have the reason why Babylon comes to an end, and that's because Jesus Christ comes. Right. And he comes to establish his kingdom. So it's very, very clear that Babylon at the end of time is not speaking of a literal nation back two and a half thousand years ago, mm-hmm. uh, literal Babylon. It's not speaking of Rome, whom Peter uh, describes symbolically as Babylon. Yes. But it's speaking of the end of time. Because in Revelation 18.4, it's very, very clear what Babylon we are to come out of Mm -hmm. and when. Because it says in Revelation 18.4, And I heard another voice coming from heaven saying, Come out of her. And that's speaking of Babylon. There the previous verses there. It's speaking of Babylon. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. And So So what plagues would they be? The plagues didn't fall 2,000 years ago. This Mm -hmm. is not talking about the... Ten plagues of Egypt. This is speaking of the plagues at the end of time. And we know that because in Revelation chapter 14, and I'm really on a bit of a roll here, so I'm (laughs) going to pause after this so people can get their breath. But in Revelation 14, we have, as you pointed out, uh, a strong, the strongest warning in all the Bible mm. against those of, you know, for those who uh, are contemplating receiving the mark of the beast or worshiping his image. And in Revelation 16, it says they receive 
the seven last plagues. Yeah, that's right. So this is right at the end of time. So Babylon at the end of time is a spiritual, uh, global world power that that political political religious power yeah. at the end of time that takes in all the world almost except for those who remain faithful to God. Mm, those who keep the commandments right. of God and have the faith of Jesus yeah. that we're going to talk about at the end of that third angel's message. Right. So, so yeah, spot on, Danny, and thank you for that. I think that, um, yeah, I just uh, jotted down a few thoughts here in terms of uh, Babylon here, why Babylon is not a literal ancient Babylon that we've talked about the time, you know, the time when Daniel used to live there. Um the three angels mentioned this Babylon, and as we say, as we've said, Jesus comes right at the end of those three angels' messages. So it seems that they are end time messages. Um, some have the notion that when John finishes writing the book of Revelation back there on Patmos, about ninety five A.D., something like that, that there is no revelation of God in the, in the next two thousand years. That God isn't saying anything about what's transpiring in the world or in the church over the next 2,000 years and that suddenly we're just waiting around and we don't know what we're, you know, how do we know what we're waiting for is nothing prophesied. Whereas when you look at the book of Revelation, even when you look at the eschatological, that is the last day prophecies of the book of Daniel, they end with the kingdom of God. They end with God victorious and his kingdom and his people inheriting that kingdom. And you see it time and time again in the book of Revelation, you know, the second coming of Christ being the focal point uh, at the end. It's the climax and so um, it, it makes sense. When we think of the Roman church and the history of it, the, the, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of history where that has dominated the Christian faith, why wouldn't God prophesy something about that power? It would make sense that he would. Well, and if you think about the USA, which we're going to talk mm. about some more next week, again, that's a significant, powerful, end-time Christian power. Why wouldn't God say something about it in prophecy? I was going to say all the way, all the way from the beginning of time to today, uh, God has always pointed out the dangers to His people and to the world of what's on the horizon. Mm. God has never kept His people in the dark. Yeah. Um, Adam and Eve at the yep. very beginning, they received a warning. Yep. You know, we're talking about this third angel's before warning. The they received a warning um, before the fall. And all the way through, the people before the flood, you've mentioned that, um, the prophets before the first destruction of Jerusalem. When Jesus uh, came. When Jesus came, he, he himself, you know, gave the warning regarding, you know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And, and its temple. And so it just doesn't make sense that, God would be silent. That God would be silent for the next 2,000 years leading up to the climax of human history, which is the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. And we know that the closer we come to the coming of Jesus, the more Satan is angry with God's people, the yeah. more Satan is angry with God's truth, the more he wants to bring in confusion. And so God will be even clearer Yes. As we nearer, as we near the end, because we need our GPS to be even more fine tuned. We need those. We need those details even more now on the map. We need that magnifying glass. If ever we yeah. did, then they did two thousand years ago, because we're living on the very, on the very apex. Yeah, on the very cusp um, of the second coming. And yeah. so, yeah, Revelation twelve, it very clearly, you know, yeah. the devil has come down to you. He's got a lot of wrath because he's got a short time. So we need this message. If ever we did.
Yeah. I think the um, also you've got, uh, as we mentioned before, First Peter uh, 5.13. Peter is writing that letter from Rome. He references Babylon there. Scholars recognise that he's using Babylon as a code word for Rome in that passage. The Collins English Dictionary describes the woman from Revelation 17 as a symbol of either pagan Rome or the Roman Catholic Church. We read that out last week. And uh, not to mention all of the major reformers yeah. who understood uh, the, the identity of, of Babylon as well. So uh, thanks for the question. I think it's uh, great that people are calling in. I also want to uh, thank Mick. Mick sends in a question here. Uh, sorry, a comment. All the best to Peter. My friends on Taz are closed up at the moment. So thanks, Mick. <laughs> I uh, sincerely uh, appreciate that. Mm, absolutely. And, um, thank you, Mick. Great questions. appreciate the fact that you, you're tuning in. All right, let's get back to the subject matter of the third angel. We've talked about the second. And let's just focus in on, for a moment, on Revelation 14.9. Okay, it says, Then a third angel followed them, saying, With a loud voice, once again, a message that is designed to go to the whole world. It's, it's uh, not something spoken in a whisper. Saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, and then it says a whole bunch of bad stuff, right? So you don't want to be a part of that group that worships the beast, the image, or receives the mark. And so you would think that uh, if there's anything we want to know, it's, it's how we can understand what these things mean and what the, how to avoid them because um, we don't want to be caught up in worshipping the beast, its image, or receiving the mark. It's very clear that you don't want the consequences associated with the, with worshipping the beast, right? And so God, I believe, is giving us the clues, he's giving us the information we need to be able to discern that. As he always has. As he always has, um, so that we need not be mm. caught out, that mm. we need not be deceived. The name of the game at the end of time is deception. That's right. You know, the devil has tried persecution in the past. And then he tries deception. When persecution's not working, he tries deception. Or the other way around. Or the other way yeah. around. You know, he's, he's happy to use there either method. Two keen, uh, there is two key uh, methods Weapons of, of choice. Absolutely. Weapons of choice. So when you think about it, um, we want to ask who or what is the beast. And uh, we have talked about that a little bit before. As we mentioned, this really... Uh, you know, when we talk about a beast, and we've said this before, we're not talking about a grotesque creature or an animal. We're talking about a, a beast that represents a kingdom. And we get that, we pick that up from Daniel chapter 7, where there were four beasts coming up out of the sea, um, and they represented four kings or kingdoms. We need to read that, you read that in Daniel chapter 7, verse 17. Also in uh, Daniel chapter 7, Verse 24, I think it is, it says uh, those four beasts or the fourth beast which you saw is a fourth kingdom upon the earth. So that establishes in Daniel chapter 7 the symbolic meaning of what a beast is. Mm. It is a kingdom. That's right. And so uh, when we talk about if anyone worships the beast, there is a kingdom that receives worship. This is interesting because there are many kingdoms on the earth, but how many kingdoms actually receive worship? So this is a particular kind of kingdom. This has to be a religious kingdom. And it also needs to be a political kingdom. It ha and, of course, a kingdom is a political mm. kingdom. So we're going to pick up some of the other identifying characteristics of this because this is going to be important. If we're to understand what it means to worship the beast, we're going to have to identify that. We're going to take a little more music. This is Alison Brooke and Revelation Song. It all comes down. 
Welcome back, folks, to Faith FM. You're listening to the afternoon show with me, Peter Watts, and Danny Malenkov. We've been talking about the book of Revelation. We've been talking about end time events, and we're talking about the third angel's message that we find in Revelation chapter 14, 9 through 12. And we're just reading verse 9, which says, uh, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast, and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand. He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, and so forth. And it's a pretty negative picture of what the consequences are of worshipping the beast and so forth. And we want to talk, we can talk maybe at a later time why that is, by the way, um, because, uh, you know, we're talking about here, it's not so much, you know, you might worship on, uh, a particular day, I worship on another day. You might worship a particular God, I worship a different God. You might not have worship at all. You might be a secular person and, and imagine that you have no worship allegiances. We believe in religious liberty, right? Jesus believes in freedom. Mm. We believe that God is a God of freedom. Um, what you have at the end of time, though, is not that. What you have at the end of time is a political religious system that imposes and enforces and causes the world to worship a certain way. And if you will not adhere to that particular pattern of worship, then they impose the death penalty. We read that in Revelation 13. And uh, it is that um, imposition of a death penalty upon those who will not worship the false and counterfeit system 
where God steps in and says, I'm, that's enough. We're, we're not going to allow that to happen. Mm. Um, so let's talk about this a little bit in terms of um, who is the beast in the first place. We're going to talk about the beast, the image, and the mark. We need to identify those. We've talked about them briefly before, but we're going to go back to Revelation yeah. 13. Yeah, because in Revelation 13, we have the beast described. Yeah. So here in Revelation 14, it's assumed that you know who the beast it's is. It's assuming you read the previous chapter. That's right. So um, so we're not going to assume you know who this uh, power is. Yep. We're going to read the passage from Revelation 13. And I might read, Peter, all the way from verse 1 to verse 10. That will be helpful. That's that entire passage that deals with this beast power. So here we go. Take a deep breath. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Verse 10. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Okay, that is a, a large passage. It's, it's not particularly long, but it has so much in it in mm. terms of symbolism. Uh, it talks about the beast. It talks about worshipping the dragon. If we look at uh, Revelation 12, we find out that the dragon is Satan himself. That's right. And so uh, this beast is set up. Uh, by the dragon, which is Satan. In fact, in verse 2, it says, the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. So this beast power is a and front. And it says in verse 4, so they worship the dragon yeah. who gave authority to the beast. Exactly. So the beast is the front man yep. for the dragon, who is Satan. It's a way of diverting mm. worship away from the true God to this uh, counterfeit, to this puppet, to this... Um, yeah, this counterfeit uh, system that is standing in the way and um, I guess presenting an antichrist compared to the true Christ. I want to, uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I just wanted to make some comparisons here, Danny, now that you've read uh, verses 1 through 10. There are some clues here in the first. Uh, what is it, the first two verses of this chapter, a beast rising out of the sea uh, that um, was like a leopard, feet like a bear, mouth like a lion. When we read that, beast coming out of the sea, leopard, lion, bear, where have we seen that before? And uh, if we have been studying Bible prophecy, we know that this is uh, similar, very similar to a passage mm. in Daniel chapter 7 where we see four beasts rising up out of the sea, each different from the other, 
Uh, one is like a lion, one is like a bear, one is like a leopard, and then one is like a terrible beast. It's mm. a nondescript That's beast. Right. And here you have it in reverse order. You have the beast, like a leopard, like a bear, like a lion. It's singular, a singular beast. It's not four beasts. But it gives you those characteristics because it's trying to remind the, the reader. Seven heads and ta- ten horns. Yeah, like seven heads and ten Daniel horns. Chapter seven. Again, drawing from Daniel mm. chapter seven. In other words, the elements in the beginning of this chapter are trying to say, this beast's power, I want you to connect that with Daniel chapter seven. Mm. Because if you connect it with Daniel chapter seven, that's going to help you to identify this power. Okay? And there are many crossover points, there are many comparisons. Between the chapter Daniel chapter uh, Daniel chapter seven and Revelation thirteen, this first beast. So, for instance, uh, both we find rising out of the sea, which represent multitudes of people. We've talked about that before. Both mention the lion. Both mention the bear, the leopard, and a terrible beast. Uh, both mention ten horns. Both mention that they speak blasphemies or great things against God. That's okay? what great things means: blasphemies. Yeah. In Daniel chapter 7, there is a power that reigns for a time, times and a half a time, or 1,260 days, prophetic days. Now, time is one year, so times is two years and a half time is half a year, so that's three and a half years. Yeah, 1,260 prophetic days, Mm. which become 1,260 literal years. Then we read in Revelation 13, uh, what does it say? It was given a... Mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. This is verse 5 of Revelation 13. He was given authority to continue for 42 months. There's a time period there. Mm. If you take 42 months of 30 days each, which is a a biblical month, you have 1,260 days. And so this is the same time period. And we've already recognized that the papal power had authority for 1,260 literal years from 538 AD through to 1798 AD. And uh, so with all of those identifying characteristics between Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation 13, it is easy to see how the reformers Mm. came to the conclusion that this beast, this kingdom, that's what a beast means, this kingdom was none other than the Roman Catholic kingdom. And of course, today we recognize that it's one of the smallest kingdoms on earth, the Vatican, but at the same time, it has one of the greatest influences in the world for such a tiny Kingdom, And so many have seen uh, that this is what it represents. Now, we've said before, and we need to say again, that there are many fabulous, wonderful Christian people within the Roman Catholic faith. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if we think about a country like North Korea, okay, which is uh, a fairly uh, communist, closed regime to the rest of the world, uh, we don't, whilst we might have some issues with the political system there, we don't, we don't believe that all the people of North Korea are bad. No. Right? And this is the same situation here. Whilst this power, this kingdom is identified in Scripture and in prophecy, we don't imagine that all the people who make up that kingdom are all bad people. They're not. There are many godly people, many spirit-filled, heaven-bound people mm-hmm. within the Roman Catholic Absolutely. faith. But it's no coincidence that all the major reformers, time and time and time again, all consistently identified this Antichrist power with the power in Rome. And uh, like I said, this is not something new. This is hundreds of years old in its interpretation. 
And, uh, you know, the great reformers, they didn't agree on everything, but they were pretty unanimous on this. Mm. And so that tells me something about that too. Indeed. And I think it's difficult for us more so uh, looking back mm. and identifying this power and, uh, and maybe thinking... Maybe not knowing the history. The, the, but the issue is, like you mentioned, the reformers, they were living through that. Yes. Uh, they were living at that period of time. They saw the impact of church and state coming together. Uh, when, when the Bible speaks of blasphemies or great things, um, which according to Scripture is, and we've talked about this in the past, you know, to blaspheme God is to claim to be God on earth mm. um, and to claim to be able to forgive sins. Uh, they're the two biblical definitions for blasphemy. So they were, that was very clear uh, back in the day of the Reformers. They saw that, um, unlike what we see today. So the Church of Rome today is very different to what it was back then. That's just how it is. Yeah. However, the Bible says that, sadly, and this is what the Bible teaches, the book of Revelation, that the Church of Rome will turn. It will turn from the image that it portrays at the moment, in particular through Pope Francis and the way he is seen as a, a, a man of peace, a man of religious freedom. Uh, and I want to read verse 4. And that's all going to change, sadly. Yeah, I just want to read you verse 4 again of Revelation yeah. 13. It says, So they worship the dragon, that's Satan, uh, who gave authority to the beast, which we believe to be Rome, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make mm. war with him? And it's very easy to look at the um, image of the Roman church today in the world, its influence in the world and its popularity in the world. And it's easy to ask those questions. Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? You know, how can you make war with some power that is um, perceived as such a positive influence in the world. Mm. And so um, that's a very interesting statement that it is made there. I just want to um, make some comparisons here uh, before we go to another break between the Lamb of Revelation and the Beast of Revelation. So we've talked about the Reformers identifying this power as Antichrist. So you have Christ and then you have Antichrist. And Antichrist doesn't mean simply against Christ. It means in the place of Christ. Mm, that's right. A counterfeit. Okay, so an Antichrist in the, in the place of Christ. So I want you to think about that, Christ and Antichrist, and then the Lamb and the Beast. If you compare those two, um, what we've read there in uh, Revelation chapter 13, 1 to 10, both the Lamb of Revelation and the Beast of Revelation... The lamb represents Jesus. The beast represents the Roman power, we believe. Both begin ministry by rising out of water. Jesus began his ministry by rising out of the waters mm -hmm. of baptism, the beast power rising up out of the sea, the multitudes of people. Both of them have horns. The lamb has two horns in the book of Revelation, and uh, the beast has horns, which represent power and influence. Number three, both minister for three and a half years. Mm. Fascinating. That's really fascinating. That is fascinating. Jesus had a three and a half literal year ministry um, between his baptism and his crucifixion. And then the beast power ministers for 1,260 prophetic days, which is literally one, uh, three and a half years. So um, that is fascinating to think about. Both receive a deadly wound. Hmm. Jesus goes to the cross. 
the deadly wound is received um, by the papacy in 1798 when it was captured and uh, dethroned. But then both rise again. There's a resurrection. And uh, the Bible tells us in verse 3 that the deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. It's, it's, it's sort of paralleling what Jesus did in his ministry. Both have power and a throne and both are worshipped. And so that's a very fascinating seven-point comparison between the Lamb of Revelation and the Beast of Revelation. And, um, yeah, it helps us to identify Christ and Antichrist. And like I said, again, all the major reformers saw this power this way. If I could just add one more, Peter. Yeah, go In to. Revelation 13a, sorry, it's 13.7, it says, And authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Mm. And in Matthew 28, um, verse 18, go Jesus and make says, disciples. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Mm. So they both receive authority. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. So there's quite a comparison between those two powers, Christ and Antichrist, the Lamb and the Beast. We're going to take a short break and we're going to listen to Randy Travis. Which way will you choose? Very appropriate for this time in the segment. Which way will you choose Randy Travis? As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace If you put your hope in me Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to lose Take his mark, believe the lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come to seal their fate Those who cling to the cross will refuse and pay the cost As God redeems his own from the sea of pain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain you got everything to lose As the age draws to an end Hope will tumble down again Will make them feel their sin and shame. You can make the choice right now. Trust in Christ, our hope and crown, or watch the world you love go up in flames. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain, you got everything to lose. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. 
Welcome back to Faith FM, the afternoon program, looking up with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Milenkov. And this is our last half hour for the afternoon show for today. If you have a comment or question, you can call that in on 1-800-324-843, 1-800-324-843, or you can text on 0491-064-669, And uh, just a reminder once again, if you'd like to listen to any of the other episodes that we've done in the Looking Up series, you can go to faithfm.com.au, click on the Podcasts tab, and there you should find uh, Looking Up, the series with uh, Peter and Danny, and um, you can listen to any of the previous podcasts, and this show will also be up there in a short while, so you can review it, share it with others, and we hope that you will choose to do that. All right, Danny, we are back. And we're doing our last uh, half hour for the show today. So we've been talking about the beast. Now, this segment, really, we're, we're talking about the war over worship. In the end, uh, we recognize that uh, Lucifer, the devil, Satan, that has many names in the scriptures, but this uh, fallen angel, Lucifer, wanted to be like God, wanted the worship that belonged to God. We see that in Revel- uh, sorry, in Isaiah chapter uh, 14. 14. And uh, maybe we should read a little bit about that while we're here. Um, so we're going to go to, if you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn to Revel- uh, sorry, Revelation, Isaiah 14. Um, because uh, in connection with this worship of the beast, and we recognize that the beast is given power and authority by the dragon. That dragon is none other than the devil and Satan. And it's a character also called Lucifer in the Bible. And we're reading from uh, Isaiah 14. Maybe you could pick it up from uh, verse 12 there, Danny, and maybe run through to 15. Sure. This is what it says. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Mm, Okay, so here is Lucifer basically saying in his heart, you know, saying within himself, it wasn't obvious to everybody at the time, but he was saying, I want to be like the Most High. I want to be God. I want to have the worship and allegiance of the beings. He got jealous of God and he wanted that worship. And he's kind of doing it by proxy. Mm. You know, he's uh, developed this system, this political religious system that he set up as a front to divert worship away from the true Christ, Jesus Christ, and divert that worship to himself via the Antichrist. And so uh, just as God the Father sent Jesus into the world to be um, the light of the world, so Lucifer has developed this religious political system called the beast power, an Antichrist that is drawing worship away from the true Christ and to the Antichrist. And it's interesting because you mentioned uh, God the Father Mm. sent Jesus Christ 
And Jesus Christ said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Yeah. So Jesus Christ was the, the image of the, the Father. Im, in the image of the, the Father. Express image, it says. And when you take a look at Revelation, when you take a look at the dragon, mm. uh, the way the dragon is described in Revelation chapter 12, it's almost like the dragon is once again described in Revelation chapter 13. You've got to look very closely mm. because this beast that we've identified as the medieval church of Rome yeah. in Revelation chapter 13 is almost identical to the dragon mm -hmm. um, that you find in Revelation chapter 12. So what this is telling us is that the dragon um, gives power to this, to this power that takes on board its image. And what are the two key um, uh, components that Satan utilizes? We've talked about them. Deception and coercion. Deception yeah. and coercion. And sadly, yeah. the medieval church of Rome utilized those two elements of deception and coercion, which are completely contrary to God. Yeah. And if I could just mention this, um, Peter, we talk about worship, and it's true, the, the, the issue throughout all of Scripture Yes. has been worship ever since uh, Lucifer fell because yeah. he wanted to be worshipped, which we've just read here in Isaiah 14, all the way through to the end of time. And in the first angel's message, we have God inviting us to worship Calling him who made heaven and earth to sin the springs of water. So the creator alone, mm. the sustainer of life, he alone deserves to be worshipped, not the creature. Yeah. But in Revelation, uh, in the third angel's message, in Revelation 14 that we've that we've begun to unpack today, you have the devil, the dragon, through this power, seeking to receive worship, and he's the created being. Yeah. And so that is where we need to make a choice. But, yeah, the issue is over who do you give your allegiance to? Who will you worship? Who will you worship? And um, who will you obey? Yes. Well, in Revelation 13 and 14, the word worship appears eight times, mm. uh, you know, focusing us down. I mean, look, you talked about the fact that, you know, back in the Garden of Eden, uh, you have the serpent trying to draw Adam and Eve away from God and to obey him rather than obey mm. God. Uh, and that's an act of worship, right? Um, and then, of course, the, the first two children of Adam and Eve, there's an issue over worship. Mm. We're going to come to that, I'm sure, in a later mm. episode when we talk about the mark of the beast because that's a very uh, intricately mm. woven a story that gives tells us much about the mark of the beast in the end of it time does. as well. Um, and so you've got all of this, even to the point when Jesus came himself, you know, even through the, the, uh, the Old Testament, you have the children of Israel who come out of Egypt, a place that was had a plethora of gods to worship. Mm. They came out of there. Moses led them to the borders of the promised land. They go into the promised land. God is warning them, don't worship the gods of all the nations around them. But they, they indeed did that. They, they fell into that. So it's always been about worship. And even when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, the devil meets him in the wilderness and says, if you will just bow down and worship me. Mm, I'll give you the kingdoms of this I'll world. I'll give you the kingdoms. Yeah. So it's always been about that. And uh, this whole uh, thing is about worship. Now, you know, we've said before, worship is made up of two words, worth-ship. In other words, that which you uh, value the most, that which is of greatest worth to you, is what you worship, yeah. whether that's a football team, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's a woman, whether it's whatever it is, uh, whatever is of the, what's ever number one for you? God can never be number two. He can't be number five on your list. You know, it's uh, he's got to be first. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, that's what the first commandment says. Yeah. The first commandment, no thou shalt gods. have no other gods before me. In yeah. other words, there is no one else that deserves to be worshipped. No other one else. Than, other than God, who is the creator, and he's the deliverer. Yeah, that's right. So in terms of talking about this beast power that we've identified here in uh, Revelation 14 and verse 9, when it says, whoever worships the beast, um, back to Revelation chapter 14, verse 9, here it is. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and the, uh, receives his mark. We're going to talk about those two other elements in uh, future programs. But we've identified the beast. And I've noticed, noted here all the major reformers identified the Antichrist power as the medieval church of Rome. This identification refers to the system of Rome rather than the individuals within it. We've mentioned mm. that before. They have always been... There have always been many sincere, God-fearing Christian people within the Roman faith. In fact, in Revelation 18.4, God calls them my people. Mm. So uh, we're not having a go at Roman Catholic people. There are many marvellous souls right. there. But the uh, other thing I wanted to mention, go ahead, Danny. Now, I was going to say, uh, you know, we've mentioned many of the reformers. Um, I can probably give some specifics because I've got a list here of some of the prominent ones that our yeah. listeners would be familiar with, like Martin Luther, mm-hmm. John Wycliffe, yep. William Tyndale, John Wesley, John Calvin, John Huss, Nicholas Ridley, Thomas Cranmer, John Knox, Philip Melanchthon, Ulrich Zwingli, Hugh Latimer. I mean, Mm. these are well-known names um, in Reformation circles, and they all identified this power that we have spoken of as the medieval Church of Rome as as that. Yeah, and not to mention John Wesley, who's a couple of centuries later. Yeah, did I mention John Wesley? You didn't, but John Wesley, he comes a little later because the the Reformation kicks off in a big way in the 16th century. That's right. But it's the 18th century that you have Wesley, and he also brings about some reforms. But he also shared the same view about the Antichrist power. Mm. And um, the question is, you know, what did the reformers protest against Rome? Why Mm. did they uh, protest against Rome? Well, the Roman church state embraced many unbiblical teachings and then force them upon others. See, it's one thing for you to say, well, I'm going to decide to, to believe in this, or I'm going to embrace this teaching that has nothing to do with the Bible and that may even be completely contrary to the Bible. It's one thing for a person to embrace that. It's one thing for a whole group of people to embrace that. But it's another thing altogether for a group of people to say, we think everybody should be forced mm. to believe and practice that. Yes. Um, because... God is not the God of coercion. God is the God of freedom. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus talks about setting the captives free. He talks about setting the, you know, set, setting the captives at liberty. Mm. And so um, this is very important. And, uh, you know, uh, refusal to accept the teachings of the Roman church often resulted in persecution and even death. The church controlled the lives of millions through fear from the cradle to the grave. And you see, in Protestant countries or those of a Protestant faith understood the danger of the Roman system because it combines the religion with the state. And that is why when the United States was forming its constitution, it had that background and its first amendment to the constitution is right, the separation, is the separation of that, that the state shall not enforce uh, you know, religion, religious law. Yeah, prohibit or the free exercise thereof. Mm. So it's right there in the very heart at the very beginning because yeah. they knew what it was like. Yeah, that's right. And many of the obviously people who 
came to the United States. There's no coincidence that the United States uh, predominantly speaks English um, because, of course, the people came there from England and other European nations to go to America seeking religious and political freedom. And we'll talk some more about that in we future will. programs. We will. Danny, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about um, the program that's coming up, America and the End. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, but maybe some have joined us since then. And uh, tell us about this upcoming program. Okay, America and the End, it's a nine-part series that uh, begins October 27th. So that's, that's a Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah, next Tuesday in just under a week at 7.30 p.m. It's for free online series. That begins at 7.30, like I said, October 27th. And if you're interested in viewing it, and I'd highly recommend, mm. um, this will really help you to understand the things that we've been talking about and the things that we will continue to talk about. And particularly where America fits Absolutely. in. Absolutely. America and the End is the series title. www.theend.theend.digital. So online, theend.digital. Nice and easy. Mm. And uh, yeah, like I said, it starts um, 7.30 next Tuesday, October 27th. Following the 30-minute presentation, each night there will be a 30-minute Q&A. That'll be good. So from 8 o'clock to 8.30, there'll be a Q&A time where people can ask I, questions. I think that'll be excellent, Danny, an opportunity for people not only to listen and you know learn some uh, new things, but then be able to ask questions Absolutely. about it. I think that's a great way to set it up. Yeah. All right, so today we have been talking about the third angel's message. We've only uh, begun. We've really begun in the first line there, and uh, we're going to uh, let Danny um, and Sharissa talk some more about this next week. And uh, indeed, we will be talking about uh, how America is involved, how it's connected to this end-time prophecy as well. So uh, not only that program that Danny talked about, America and the End, next Tuesday, but also in our uh, Looking Up radio show, we'll be talking about that next time as well. We're going to come back in a few moments. We're going to have some music we're uh, listening to Malvinus uh, leaning on the everlasting arms. We hope you enjoy this song. Then we'll come back and wrap up. Malvinus leaning on the everlasting arms.
Welcome back. That was Malvinas and Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. You're listening to Faith FM, the afternoon show Looking Up. Danny Malenkov, tell us about the giveaway for today. Before I do, Peter, I just want to thank you again. Um, It's been great to spend this time with you and I wish you God's richest blessings as you head down south to the blessed land of Tasmania. The giveaway for today is one that we've given away in the past, um, right on topic, The Bride, The Beast and Babylon, a DVD. So if you haven't called up for it, call up right now, 1-800-324-843. First person to call will receive that as long as you haven't received it or 0491-064-669. Thank you, Danny. Yes, I have a copy of that DVD and I recommend it to folks. So uh, call in. And if you don't happen to be the lucky caller, please get yourself a copy of that uh, DVD. You'll, you'll probably find it online as well to, to purchase if you wish to do so. Well, uh, we are coming to the end of another show and coming to the end of my last show. And I just want to particularly thank Danny Melenkov for being a great co-host. He'll be in the hot seat next week as he's joined by uh, Sharissa Tarosian. I'm sure that you will enjoy that program. Please continue to tune in, tell your friends, and uh, they'll be talking about uh, lots of other wonderful things from the book of Revelation. I've had a blast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen in. And until we meet again, remember what has been said uh, in regard to Luke chapter 21, verse 28. When you see these things happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. God bless and keep looking up.
every trial we face Precious lessons we can learn My faith grows stronger and He's planned for me more clear His hand cuts diamonds from All we see as simple stones I've learned to place my trust in Him Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start of the sea His love is always there for me Love is always there for me. 